Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedra Ekris, I believe, is on her way. She should be joining us soon. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go over the latest episode of Ahsoka. Uh, Mike, answer some more listener email. But while we're waiting for Fedra, why don't we get into some news? So um, we haven't done that like in quite a bit. So this is one thing of news. I kind of passed this on to you guys. Uh, Liam Neeson says that Disney is diluting the Star Wars brand. He said, I forgot he was he was being interviewed by, oh, I think it was Conan O'Brien. And um, he said, there's so many movies and spinoffs, and I think you're diluting the whole thing. I think that that's my personal thing. So what do you think? Do you think he's right? Um, maybe a bit. Um, however, I think it's the same problem with Marvel. I don't think it's a matter of getting too much. I think it's a matter of getting too little good stuff. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is such a huge canvas that there's always something to find. You could always go back into the old Republic. You know, you can go into different stories set during the Galactic Civil War, or you can go into the future beyond that. Um, You just have to go wide enough. Um, So, for example, you could make a movie of... The Jedi, like Tales of the Jedi, you know, you could focus on two specific characters at different points in their lives. Or, heck, you could do it even like the old Kung Fu series with David Carradine. Mm. Here's a a Jedi just traveling the galaxy, going from place to place, and helping people out. Fighting some bad guys, you know, you could go completely sort of like the Mandalorian started out with you know stranger mysterious stranger walks into town you know go full-on western with it you know except this time instead of having a bounty hunter you've got the traveling monk you know who in this case is a jedi you could do stuff like that or you can do a story all about fighter pilots don't need to even touch on the jedi yeah, that's a good point. You know, there, there's so many different things you could do. The problem is, it's just not good. Um, and even when you have something good, you start applying things to it, um, put it forcing that agenda down everybody's throat, and it sours the whole program. The first two seasons of Mandalorian were great. What the hell happened in the third one? You started bringing in all this stuff and you relegated your main character to being the sidekick of someone else in his own series. You know, that's a yeah, problem. I, well, I'll say, I, you know, I agree with what you say, but I, also, I agree with him. I think that they are diluting the brand and we have discussed this when we how we would fix Star Wars, they have to treat Star Wars 
as a sacred thing, you know, like the movies, especially like when they release a movie, don't release it until it's almost perfect or it's something special that we're going to like, and don't do spinoff movies, just do more episode movies. And I had seen someone say this, and I think that this actually could be an interesting idea too. Like, remember how they started star Wars with episode four? Uh-huh. Well, why don't they start maybe episode the last one was nine so make it maybe episode 13 you know um just kind of go forward a little bit and then maybe we'll go back and revisit those episodes i don't see anything wrong with doing that but like go into the future like so far in the future that they they can come and revisit the past just kind of like you know, scrape the dirt off your boots that we've gotten with the the sequel trilogy. And again, some of it was good, but it ended horribly. And just don't give us any more spin-off movies. Release movies every two to three years. And Fetter's joining us now. Yeah, and here, here she comes. Um so yeah, I think he's kind of right. So Fedra, well, we well. started, you know, we weren't sure when you're gonna show up. So we ended up just doing some news. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I don't think, we, you know, we really don't have too much news. Um, but anyway, that that's uh, my opinion, too. Just I talk about Liam Neeson saying that Star Wars is diluted. I mean, I think it's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we, you squeaked a little bit there, Fedra. <laughs> it's you know he doesn't sugarcoat things well that guy yeah i mean i'm sure it didn't make disney happy but sometimes they need to hear this stuff i i think what they should do with disney plus is just maybe just focus on like feloni's stuff like ahsoka and clone wars and rebels you know, live action stuff of that. And, it, you know, don't go crazy. Don't do, again, what Marvel did, where it's like, well, you, you really need to watch WandaVision and you need to watch Miss Marvel and something else in order for you to understand what's going to go on in the Marvels. You know, don't ever do that. It's like, let all these movies be able to stand on their own. It's true. Yeah, I just agree like with any that story, too. any story, any movie should be able to stand on its own without all that baggage, unless you're something like the big wrap up, the big finale, uh, like Infinity War and Endgame. You know, with that, but even with that, you, you should still be able to fill in the missing holes for people's viewing, you know, and explain things that are going on. Yeah, bring that droid in there to explain things. Yeah, that, or that or that outside person that says, "Why are we doing this again? We're doing this because blah 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 blah." You know. So, uh, but every movie should be able to stand on its own. That's a given fact. Um, I think that I think that strategy with the Marvels is going to hurt them even even further than the problems they already have with it. Yeah. I like but, the Star Wars standalone movies. 
I like yeah, okay, but... solo. So I'd like to see more right. of those. I, I don't know, but if they do do it, it's just just treat the the episode ones with extreme care. That's all I'm saying. You know, don't do another Rise of Skywalker. I I had brought this up to Jack and Fedra during the week. A lot of times I text them stuff just to annoy them. And uh, one of the things I was texting you was about Aquaman. And I'm still stumped over how this movie made over a billion dollars. It made $1.148 billion. And none of those other DC movies, Man of Steel, Justice League, Batman v Superman, came even close to that. Like most of them are like half of what Aquaman made. And I was trying to find an answer to it. And I actually did. But I'm curious, what, what do you guys think? What, what's your answer? I'll let Fedra well, go first here. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like I said in the text, I just think there were fans of Jason Momoa, and he had a lot of fans for it that wanted to just see him as a superhero and just support him. And the marketing wasn't, you know, that bad. I mean, a lot of the posters of him made him look really interesting. And although... From what I understand, he's not a huge character. Like, I mean, I'm yeah, kind he's of not, he's not Superman. Yeah, like I'm. Aquaman I'm, never was. <laughs> yeah, I'm still stumped by it as well. But I mean, I went to see it to support Jason Momoa. I mean, definitely there were other people in there. You know, William Defoe. I'm just I love whatever William Defoe does. So I'm always you know, watching his films just to support him, whether it's a great film or a great character for him. So I would just think it's the fans really that blew this up. Hmm. Okay. Jack. Well, um, I think Aquaman had something that a lot of the DC movies don't set out to include. And I think that is fun aquaman was a fun movie it was, was a great not by any means but it was a fun moving movie jason momoa is fun to watch he's very likable even though you know like when his first big real thing on game of thrones was there he was he played a scary dude but once they introduced him as aquaman they like loosened him up where he was a lot of fun. He, he, I think he was more so the comic relief in the Snyder films than Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller was just a, I don't know what you want to call him, but Jason Momoa was fun. And in Aquaman, he was fun. I mean, honestly, who wouldn't want to go hang out with this guy? You know, he's just, he's this big, burly guy who looks scary, but then, you know, he cracks a smile, cracks a joke, and his humor, it wasn't mean, it wasn't bullying. He was generally just being a, a, a good guy, having a good time, sort of like Chris Helmsworth as Thor. He's a superhero, he enjoys being a superhero. And he likes doing superhero things. 
And then, at, especially towards the end of that movie, let's face it, once he got the uh, the orange and green armor, he looked pretty darn good in that. You mm -hmm. know? And besides, besides that, the movie also had some very good supporting characters. William Defoe was very good. Uh, I can't remember his name. I always forget it. But the guy who played Ocean Ma Master, Stern, he's very good. Uh, the guy who played his dad, another good, likable actor. Even the guy, played, even the guy playing Black Manta, I thought was good. Who was the Asian guy that played uh, his father? Um, he was in something else recently. Uh, well, I'd seen on TV. He's been in a few things. I, He's I, been I, I few really... things. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, he, that had a great cast supporting him. You know, you know, Amber Heard. Heard. She was the weakest part of the movie. She looked good, though. She wasn't terrible, but I, she was not. She was the weaker side of things compared to the other actors in it. It was a pretty good movie. Like, you know, that Saturday afternoon where you're doing stuff around the house. If Aquaman is on, I'll leave Aquaman on in the background and just kind of watch it. Oh, here's a good part. You know, watch for a few minutes and go back to doing whatever I'm doing. I can't say that about nearly every other DCU movie. Oh, no, I know who that guy was. It, Tamara Morrison. He's uh, Boba Fett. Yeah. He played his father. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. He's not Asian. I don't know what he is, but uh... but um, like I said, it's is it a great movie? No. Is it a good movie? I think yeah, it's definitely well, one movie. No, you guys both have good points, and I think a lot of things that you said did contribute to it. But I think the when I did my research, I found that a lot of it came from China. It did very well overseas. Aquaman made almost 300 million in China, which is pretty good, you know, for a movie like Aquaman. And DC was smart; they they hired a a Chinese director, James Wan, and that also, I think, contributed to the success with over in China. And it also came out in between Infinity War and Endgame, like Captain Marvel. And I think after Infinity War, people were on this high that they wanted to see superhero movies because there's no way Captain Marvel deserved to make a billion dollars either. And they, and I do think that a lot of people did not know that Aquaman was not part of the MCU. Maybe not a ton of people, but they just knew that it was a superhero movie. They might have gone and seen Infinity War, and they're like, oh, I like this. I guess superhero movies can be fun, so let's go see... Captain Marvel, let's go see Aquaman, and then we'll see Endgame, and then we won't see anything after that. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, that's what I was also going to suggest. I don't remember there being much else out around the time. Well, you know what it was? You know what its biggest competition was? Mary Poppins Returns. So it had no competition. Yeah, but it's totally different audiences. Well, no, it bombed at the box office, Mary Poppins Returns. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a smart move on their part. Anyway, let's get into 
our main topic, which is Ahsoka. And uh, we're reviewing episode four, Fallen Jedi. Huh? So, Fedra, what did you think? And rate it at a 10. Eight. Yeah, pretty high eight. I think okay. it had pretty much, you know, everything that I wanted in the episode. Not the greatest fight scenes, but they were still... I, I was okay with it. Um, I didn't really like the whole scene with um, the general with the rebels going at the, the general. Yeah, general going with the with the ring <laughs> or going at it while it went into hyperspace. I was kind of like, nah, they'd be smarter than to do that. Sorry, I I, I just think that was a bad move. Um, but overall, like I love the intensity, I love the pressure, I love, I love, um, you know, Osaka thinking like Sabine was hurt or dead, and um, but I don't like that Sabine gave in, like for Ezra, like I, I yeah, like, a, like 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 the oh, wait, hold on, oh, the, oh, the reason why, like, of course, you know, oh well, you would do that for your friend or for your family. I don't know, because when I look at, you know, the Mandalorian and I look at their culture, I mean, they don't take any shots. No, they're, and also they're kind of like you're dead, you know, like we're we're like about protecting and like obliterating the enemy, you know, and, like, and, you're, <laughs> and you're sacrificing one person for potentially trillions of people. And I know we got to have, you know, the shocker at the end and what's going to happen next. And that definitely was there, which I appreciated because I love when shows end like that. Like, I want to know what happens. Okay, where is this going? Um, but that was the only thing that kind of rubbed me off because I was just like, I don't think any other Mandalorian, real Mandalorian would do that. Um I wondered, you know, how Ahsoka managed to get out of there, and I love the ending. I think that's quite honestly beautiful of her kind of in that, you know, spiritual realm, and there's Anakin at the end. I mean, I thought that was super sweet. I, I'm, I'm very curious as to see what is he going to say to her. So overall, I mean, a lot of, lot of notes hit really nice for me to, to put it as an eight. That's good. I'm going to go next, Jack. Okay. Go next. So, yeah, surprisingly, I really liked this episode, and I told you guys, I texted you. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, it was it's well done. It looks good. The lightsaber battles are really cool. It's It wasn't as bad as the previous episode. And um, I, I think, for me, Ahsoka and Balin are the standouts in the series so far. And my least favorites are Hera, Sabine, and Darth Bangs. You know, they just don't do anything for me. And like you had said, Fedra, Sabine is just annoying me. She's a spoiled little brat that, you know, how she could basically do something like that. Unless there's a plan that we're not aware of, there's always that possibility True. That, that Ahsoka and Sabine discussed, well, let's make them think that we're giving them, you know, the information that they need or, and then that there's some kind of trap that we don't know about 
that they're going to spring on them. It's possible. But if it's not, she's a jerk. And it's like, why? I mean, I would basically, if I was Ahsoka, I'd probably kill Sabine because she's twice she's put, what is it? The, uh, I was going to say the Federation. Is it the Alliance or is it the Republic? The New Republic, Jack? Yeah. New Republic. She's put them in tremendous jeopardy. I mean, if, if they would have just left the damn thing alone from the very beginning, they would have never have gotten where they are, you know, like where Thorn can return, the Empire could rise again. <clears throat> it's it, it's very frustrating. Some of the writing, I think, is is very frustrating. But I would give it, uh, like Fedra, I would give it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was very good. Wow, thank you. Even with all the issues. Yeah, you know, you got to, I still, I, I'd watch this episode again, for sure. You know, it, it was fun. Even though, I, again, I don't agree with everything. I, I I enjoyed it. All right, Jack. Okay. Um, I agree with a lot of what both you were saying there. Um, I enjoyed the episode as well. If the other, the previous episodes had as much spunk as this one, where stuff was happening, you know, there was a little bit of excitement uh, mixed in with the tension. Um, I think people would be speaking much more favorably about it, but I'm hoping this is like, They've turned the corner. Now things, we're going to watch the show where things are happening uh, at a much quicker pace. Um, Balin, I think he's terrific. I think he, he's a, a great villain because, you know, you believe he he has these motivations. You know, Ray Stevenson gives, it, gives a performance that, you know, he's just not saying this. You... You can actually feel like this guy is trying to really accomplish something for a reason, as opposed to um, Moff Gideon, who just seemed to be doing this stuff just to do something. You know, I don't think he was a compelling villain at all. This guy, from what we've seen, he's he's much cooler. And he you keeps know. his word, too. Hmm. Huh? He kept his word with Sabine. Yeah. Where, yeah, you know, he could have killed her. Like, again, Moff Gideon would have killed her. You know, it's like, you know, just tell me. Uh, I'll bring, you know, help you find Ezra. He would have killed her. But yeah. this guy was like, you know, I promise you I won't let anything happen to you or Ezra. You know, I'll protect you. And then when Darth Bangs came around and was about to kill her. She's you like. You know, you keep saying Darth Bangs. And now I just think of her as dark. Darth Bangs. I can't even remember her name, even though I can't either. <laughs> it's like Sue or something. Sue, Sarah, Sue. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, it, it sounds like S H I T. You know, it's like, yeah, that's why I think Dark Bangs is a little better. Even though I did love when she, she shows up and Ahsoka gives her that wave of the hand and puts her as a header into this uh, monolith. <laughs> I thought that was great. Like, get away, little Sheen. girl. Uh, it's she S H I N. Sheen? Sheen. Sheen? Okay. Or Shin? No, it's pretty close to the S word. Sheen. Right. Okay. One letter away. I like him. I think he, he's 
a great villain. I think the witch is also pretty good. She's okay. Morgan yeah. something. Well, yeah. Compared to what we've seen on other. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. True. She's, yeah. she's pretty good. Um, I also like that we got to see some of the old Sabine from Rebels in this one. Like when, right, well, she's, when she's dueling and, you know, she put uh, with uh, Darth Bangs and she gets the worst of it where she's taking a punch to the head and she's like dazed on the on the ground. And then she puts her hands up as, she's, as if she's about to do a force push. <laughs> and Bangs is like, you have no powers. Yeah, and then right. she like uses the wrist blaster. I thought that was great. I, you know, yeah. that's the old Sabine. She's sneaky. Mandalorians are sneaky, you know, when they fight. All right, we'll, we'll stop right there. Give me a rating, and then we'll kind of go into the episode, and we'll get into the spoiler. I, I kind of, I agree. I would give this about an eight. Oh, wow, three eights. I don't think we've because ever Because I did, like before. I said, um, it was fun. I did watch it twice. Oh, cool. You know, nice. because okay. I, did, I did like it, and it was... You know, nothing else on, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe let me give that another viewing. I also, I also like David Tennant as the uh, Jedi droid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said to my son, I said, they talk about this this droid being there. I mean, I don't remember him. You know, was seeing the Clone Wars, and Patrick was like, oh yeah, he was there. So it's nice that they kind of brought that character that was kind of in the background. That's there to give info dumps when they need them to. Yeah. So um I love the music too. It's very good. The music was good. And like when they went to the world within worlds, um, we see Anakin and think it's a happy reunion. Oh, you know, then, all right. I told you, let's get into this. You know. Well, all right, we'll get into Anakin. You you're in a good jumping point. Okay. So, so, so I liked how Anakin's there. And he's smiling, and then as it starts to fade to fade to black as the at the end, you start to hear the Darth Vader theme. Like, so I think there's gonna be something. I don't think it's gonna be all that happy reunion. I, I think something something's something bad is waiting there for her, and it's just showing itself as Anakin. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I, I kind of feel like it's probably the world within worlds things, but it could also be similar to like what was in the cave that Luke had to face. Right. But there's some sort of guardian that kind of watches out and lures him in with a false sense of security. So I don't know. I, I, I don't, I think there's more to quote Anakin than uh, just being a force ghost showing up. Yeah, that's the my question too. Do you think he was a force ghost? And I think I, someone might be manipulating. I her. think it's someone manipulating her because he doesn't have that force go ghost glow. That's true too. I didn't think about that. You know, and he's solid. You know, force ghosts, even though they're able to, you know, sit on logs and sit down by barn fires, um, they're still kind of translucent. They're glowing, and you kind of see through. He looked solid. That's true. He did, so, yeah. Fedra, so what did you think of the look of him? 
I thought it looked okay. I didn't yeah, think I thought looked, it. I thought I it was think think accurate. But um, I think they did a better job de-aging him on Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he looked bad. But remember, it was also kind of dark and shadowy, so that could have added to things looking a little off. I mean, it looked accurate to me, but that's a good point that he's not a hologram, so it's not the spirit. So maybe it's like, maybe it's those witches from that galaxy or something. I didn't think about that. I don't, I don't think it would be one of the witches. I think it, I think it's like a guard, must be like a guardian in the world between worlds. Because if the witches had access into there, they could cause all sorts, I mean, incredible havoc and it anywhere and any when. So I don't think it's them. I think it might just be some sort of guardian in the place. That's my guess. I was going to say, and I think I passed this on to you guys too. I like Jack had explained some of the world within worlds and I read a little bit more into it and Someone made a good explanation where he said it's kind of like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban when they do that time travel stuff where it's like they can't change the future. They can only assist to it, you know? So, like, it was meant to be that Harry Potter or Harry was that uh, Patronus, you know, like when the... um, uh, Again, I've got my brain for it. The uh, the Dementors were attacking Sirius and him on the shore over there. Uh, you know, when Hermione does that stuff, like when they throw the rock mm-hmm. at Hagrid's house, it's it's all meant to be. It's happened before. You know, even though they they've gone in the past, they they cannot alter the they they can't alter the future. You know, it, it has to be the way it is. And I, you know, one of my biggest fear is that Disney might overuse this thing. And I was thinking they actually could do something stupid where they go back to A New Hope and Han is about to leave the hangar after he gets paid. And Ahsoka goes up to him and says, you know, Luke really needs you. If you go off, there's a possibility that your friend will die and that the rebellion will fail. You know, you might not know it now, but Luke really loves you as a brother. And that's what made him show up at the end as Luke was about to be killed by Vader. You know, I am afraid they're going to do crap like that. And it's just going to irritate the hell out of me. You know, yeah, because they, they, they don't need to. I mean, you could you could leave it at the fact that, you know, the uh, rogue with a heart of gold, you know, changed his mind and did the right thing. You know, that that only puts a detriment to Han Solo's character, not helping anything else in general. Well, it's even kind of like when Lucas changed the whole Greedo shooting first. Because he's like, I mean, he didn't understand his own character. He's like, well, Han's a good guy. You know, I don't want anybody to think that he would shoot first but for no reason. But he did have a reason. The guy was eventually going to shoot him. or he was I gonna knew the guy him. was going to shoot him. <laughs> or hand him over to Jabba. 
and again, he it, it's Han. Han did not start off as like a rosy guy, you know, like where he's a good guy and everything. He was a smuggler, you know. He was right. <laughs> a, a pirate, a bit of a villain, but he he was a he was a villain with a with a heart of gold, kind of like you know Captain Jack Sparrow. You know, he's a bad guy, but he's also got a very good side to him. I I agree. I mean. Doing something like that would only hurt the character of Han Solo. It, it doesn't help the character at all. No, let's keep fingers crossed on that one. Um, what else? Oh, yes, I wanted to talk about it. Hera. She's, I just don't like her. <laughs> you know, I mean, part of the thing is I, I like... Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think she's very attractive. But like I said before, she just doesn't look like Hera to me. And I don't think she's a very good actress. I think she's very attractive, but she doesn't pull it off. And I am so sick of her using that general crap every time. She's just constantly using it. Well, you do realize I'm a general. And it's like, Ma, you know, are you allowed to go out of space dock? I mean, generals can do anything. It's like, how the hell did this girl? I wish they demote her at the end of the series. She does something <laughs> stupid and she's a corporal or something. She is so annoying with that. That And again, like when they try to, I, I think part of it is they want to show it's like, well, look at this. We have a female general. You know, not only is she a general, but she's a female and she's in charge of a bunch of men and women. And some men have a problem with the fact that she's a female. Well, part of the problem is that men wouldn't act that way. I don't think so, that they would, would be pushing, well, you do realize that I'm a general. They would just act. Well, maybe some people would. But I, I, I don't like how they're making her character constantly remind us that she's a general and that she has special privileges. Um, it, it's just annoying. It is so annoying. I don't like her. Well, we were, Fedra, Joe and I were talking earlier today, and I think I've narrowed down what's throwing me off about Hera. Okay. It's not the general thing. I was online the other day, and on io9, they had a story where they're like, you know, they feature different cosplayers. Mm -hmm. And they showed this one cosplayer. Who, yeah, maybe Fedra would know this was made up like Hera. And what it what keeps throwing me is her eyes. Okay. Her eyes seem to have, you know, most eyes have a different shading and colorations throughout the iris. Hera doesn't have that. It's just almost like a solid blue. Yes. And because of that, I think that's what's throwing me that every time I look at her, I'm finding that extremely distracting. I find her skin attract, uh, distracting. I think it's still too light. They really screwed up that, that green. I, I think the green shade is a little bit off and I actually think it's too dark. It needs to be light lightened in different areas because it's too uniform. There's not yeah. 
shading. It's like someone yeah. got a can of spray paint, paint right? And just like sprayed her, but and it, it needs to show some kind of definition. But not as much where you know when you look at an actor and you're seeing them emote, your focus of attention is on a lot on their eyes. Yes. And I look at her when she's supposed to be talking and speaking to people and either telling them off or inspiring them. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just too darn distracted. And I don't know if it's because the actress has dark eyes, you know, and the cosplayer has light eyes, which is why the contact lenses had a much more natural look. They were able to pick that up. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just surprised, considering everything they can do, they just can't get the eyes right. Even if they digitized them and, you know, overlaid them or heck, I don't know what, painted the contacts or put that coloration in the glass somehow. Because I think when, they're, when they change the color like that, they have to use hard lenses. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I think maybe it's possibly a blend of both because I'm thinking if they were to shade the skin to, so that it looks, you know, more like skin, especially aged skin, you know, because she's not young. She's a general. <laughs> she's nah, but we don't know. You know. Twi'leks could age slower. Well, I'm just you saying know. that with the shade, it would bring out the eyes and maybe not be so harsh. That, that, like I said, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's, I don't, what she's saying isn't bothering me. I okay. like her. I think she's very, very attractive, but she's, I think she's a pretty good actress as well. Um, just, it's the look, it's the character design that's, just throwing me off, I think. Yeah. And I think she's a horrible mother. I mean, to bring her kid into a potential battle. And, it, you know, again, it's like, well, I'm a general. I can do whatever I want. And how did she become a general? It's like, how come the, the rest of the members of the ghost didn't become generals? Did she do something more special than the rest of them? Why isn't Sabine like... Well, she was the captain of the ship. So that took them. So she she was basically their leader in rebels. And when they joined the rebellion, you know, she led the squad, which included the other members. Um, and then she led a squadron of fighter wing. I, I mean, did, all did, sorts did, of missions. So she did earn her way up to general more so than Finn. Did Zeb get promoted? Uh, I don't know if you'd call it official, but, you know, he'd walk around and tell people to do things and he would, they would, you know, uh, like but when I, I, I think he earned the rank. When I she think ever, of generals, I think of Patton. She's no general Patton. This is Star Wars. Lando Car Calrissian wasn't a general. Neither was Han Solo. Uh, well, I'm not happy about that either. It's like Finn wasn't, Poe wasn't. No, they just like throw those titles off. Like everybody gets to be general. Yeah, it's like they, they have like this big spinning wheel. It's like, all right, this week the general is going to be Han Solo. You know, 
And it's a lot. Yep. I, I, you know, again, I, I like, and I think that she got the role because she's banging Obi Wan Kenobi in real life. Like Ewan McGregor was married, had kids, and then he started cheating on his wife with her, and now all of a sudden he's in all of her movies, or she's in all of his movies, and he's probably like, "Hello there." I have this girlfriend and she'd love to be in Star Wars, you know, and, and, and she'd like to be a general. <laughs> and then Craig goes on, he goes, I have great news for you, honey. I got you in a role at Star Wars. And here's what the character looks like. And she's like, Oh my God, he's, she's so cool. And she's a general and she's green and she's got skinny Dumbo ears. That's well, you know, awesome. being a Star Trek fan, you know, Star Trek fans always like green ladies. So yeah, that, that kind True. of like intersects. Not enough for her, but you know, I, I wish she would cut that general crap out. I, it's never going to happen. And I'm sure it's all right. Moving on, moving on. I was glad she brought the ghost out though. Because so, did all of those X wings get destroyed? Of course, like the Asian guy probably did. Um, no, two, two or th I think three out of the five of them got destroyed. But I mean, I gotta say, the ghost looked really good on screen. We got a better look at it here than we did in Rise of Skywalker, where it just sort of like flew by in the distance to make a uh, appearance. Um. But the ship shots look really good. Like uh, when they when they did that wide shot with the Mon Calamari cruiser and the other ships sort of in the background, that looked that looked really good. I thought. Mmm, Calamari. And <laughs> it, it did look good. It, it reminded me of the original trilogy. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, I mean they 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 do they even do like when they were taken off like with with the X wings, you know, like kind of like in a triangle formation around the ghost. I was like, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it looked good, but like I said, the ghost looked looked really good in those shots, and I thought when the what they call it, the Scion, the hyperspace ring. Yeah, I don't know. I just called it the ring. Um, I I liked how that looked, how it was coming out of the atmosphere, and then they saw it in a distance, you know, and then it did the jump. That that was also a really nice effect. Yeah, no, was it? And the and it was turned into a holdo maneuver. Yeah, I was thinking about that, that that might have happened because weren't like some of the uh, X-Wings in front of the vessel, like in front of the ring? I think they all were, but maybe did they fly, did they get out of the way or did they end up flying through the center of it? I, I don't think it was a holdo thing where it went through them. I think it was just the power, the sheer power of it. It kind of yeah. knocked the X-Wings around, but like probably, impact, yeah, from that. Yeah, and probably because the ghost was a bigger vessel. But it well, might have been bigger than the Falcon. No, it's I, a lot bigger than the Falcon. Is it really? Is it bigger than the Falcon? I didn't yeah. realize that. Or, or I was going to say, or maybe it was because she was a general. 
Could be. Get destroyed. You you can't smack around a general ship and get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> so the interesting thing is Marek turned out to be nobody. Yeah, I know. I was like kind of a relieved. I'm like, all right, at least that's off the table now. I felt like we were snoked. I said that I was talking to Joe about that earlier too. Like when Snoke was there, everybody was like, who is this guy? Is it Mace Windu? Is the old scarred and he survived? Is it, you know, the emperor in disguise or, and then he just gets killed and there's not a single word about him afterwards. That's a good fake out. Cause I was convinced it was somebody like, I, I thought it was going to be Ezra, even though it didn't make any sense to you. I was like, well, they're covering his face. They're disguising his voice. It's got to be somebody. And even when he got struck, I was like, he ain't dead. There's no way. It's like maybe he's he's going to rise up like after they leave or something. And I was like, no, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was weird. I mean, I also I I looked online, and that green smoke thing. Um, that was alluded to in the Clone Wars as a result of the uh, Night Sisters spells and magics. Um, so maybe maybe it was just an animated suit of armor or something like that all along. But I, I don't think so because uh, Bangs was kind of shocked like someone she knew died. So maybe there was somebody in there brought back with the uh, Dathomar magic or something. And I heard so many theories, too, where as someone was saying it may have been a clone of Anakin. And I was like, yeah, maybe that could be. And then someone said, well, maybe they had the, the hand from Luke after he lost it in Empire and they cloned Luke. And I was like, yeah, that could be, too. You know, it's like, it was Starkiller from uh, Starkiller. the... What is it? Uh, uh, Force Unleashed? Yeah. Video game that it was him in there? I mean, he was a cool character, but that's kind of like, I don't think many people, I don't think most people would care about that. It's kind of like if it was Dash Randar. Yeah, well, Dash Randar was a wannabe Hen Solo kind of guy. But most people don't know who that is. I think that they wouldn't have focused on somebody from a, a video game, you know? Yeah, could be, but I think the I think the Force Unleashed games were a much bigger deal than the old Shadow of the Empire stuff. No, I mean what I liked the I didn't like the game. I just don't like how they, you know, it's like a slash and a button smasher, you know? Um but I did like the the cutscenes. They were pretty cool. So, Fedra, this Star Killer guy, he was, was he Darth Vader's apprentice? He was Darth Vader's secret apprentice. And okay. uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, and did, didn't he fight Vader at some point? I think he rebelled against Vader. Yeah. I, I started to play the first one, I never got to finish it. Um, I couldn't. I hit I hit the brick wall and I got frustrated and gave up. Um, so I don't know how it ended, but I do know they made two of them. They made a sequel. They did, yeah. 
but I like I said, it's just not my type of gameplay because I never right. was into it. Just like the one, what's the Jedi game that they have that's popular? Um, that they released, they they released two. Oh, of them. Survivor! That was the new one, right? Was a Jedi Survivor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a looks beautiful. Hate that mechanic, you know. So I I never bothered playing that. Um, but I, I think after we're done, I'm gonna look at the cutscenes for the Force Unleashed because they they were pretty. Um, anything else? Anything? Anything? Um, I thought Balin, and maybe maybe you guys will think so. When he was talking to. Ahsoka, and even more so with Sabine. It was almost like the way he was talking was he like using like the force to manipulate, you think? Sort of like you don't need to destroy that. You should give this over to me instead. You know, doing doing like a a sort yeah. of a Jedi no, mind trick. I thought. I I thought that he was using the Force to get out a weakness, and he sensed that with Sabina with Ezra, and that's why he went right to using that for manipulation, but not necessarily like. Like, like completely go against the person's will. No. It's kind of like in Raiders of the Lost Ark when, you know, Indy was going to blow up the Ark and then uh, Belloc tells him, and it's like, are you really going to do that? Are you really going to destroy history? And he kind of talked him out of it. I yeah, think but just... that was sort of a general sort of thing. Balin was like going in and using very specific points on things like he would have known Ahsoka because he was in the Jedi Order when they were around, when Anakin and her were around. But he didn't know Sabine that well. No, but even like in the previous episodes, like he alludes, like he, I think he talked about Order 66, and you can tell that he was sad about the Jedi that were lost. You know, he's not... I wouldn't call him a Sith. Well, again, I guess we'll find out since it's an orange lightsaber. But I think it goes back to, I think the title said it all, Fallen Jedi. Yeah, no, he was, he reminds me more of Dooku, you know? Because, like, when we'd seen Dooku in the animated series, uh, Tales of the Jedi, I mean, he was a Jedi. He had very good intentions. You sympathized more with him learning his backstory. But then I think he finally had enough with, the Jedi and the Republic, and he just turned against them. And I think that that's what Balin is too. You know, it's like it, something must have happened to him where he's like, screw this. I'm joining the other side. I don't need this crap. I don't think it's the other side. I think he hid until he was able to come out in the open and start acting up again. Um, I, you know what wouldn't surprise me too is that he might be misleading everybody and that the reason why he's doing this is he's going to 
try and defeat Thrawn himself. Mm, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, I don't know. I, I could see it because, again, I think there is a lot of good in him, you know, even though he's whatever he is. You know, I, I just. He did kill. Well, he he did kill that one guy, but maybe he had it coming. Maybe we'll see a backstory of that 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 guy was like embezzling money from the Republic or something. That captain of that vessel in the beginning. I don't know. I think he just wants to get to the other side. To I don't think he's going there to rescue Thrawn as much. I think there's something on the other side at the other galaxy that he wants. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's looking for God. Yeah, like uh <laughs> like Cybok and Star Trek. Yeah, yep. Um what I do like what they've done with Star Wars and it started with Lucas is that we we're seeing that the Jedi could be jerks, the Republic could be jerks. You know, there's nobody's really perfect in it. I mean I mean, all right, you, you can label that the Jedi and the Republic are good guys, but there are still people in there that are, in, I can't say the word, you know, it's a curse word, but they are those things, you know, um, and you kind of hope to see them fail at times just because they're so arrogant. And that's what the biggest problem with the Jedi was just how arrogant they were. I know it's just a story, but I blame all this on Mace Windu, you know, he didn't want, he didn't like Anakin from the get go. And he didn't want to promote him. He's like, take a seat, Padawan. <laughs> well, I, I think it goes along with the whole bunch of them. Like, and we've talked about before, like in Re Revenge of the Sith, like, oh, we know General Grievous and all the leaders of the Separatist movement are on this one planet. You know, if we captured them, we could stop this entire conflict and the war would be over. Um, let's send Obi-Wan to go get him. And the other 11 of us on the council will just stay here and sort of wait for his report. Like, wait a second. If you know Grievous and all the leaders are there, why don't you send at least like six of you to go, go get them you know why send only one guy while the rest of you are just hanging well, out in the temple? true you well know? i mean i i understand why they left people back in the temple you know just in case there's a trap or they're gonna attack uh, a coruscant or something yeah but but you send one guy and then not only just send one guy you make him leave behind the other guy who's accompanied him on all these missions, who's also a powerful Jedi. Now, rather, uh, Anakin, rather than go with Obi-Wan on this super important mission, why don't you go to the space opera with Palpatine instead? That might be more important. Like, like what the hell are the Jedi Council thinking? <laughs> yeah, plus they're like, well, you, we hours on that. But it's like, we want you to spy on the guy you look at as a father figure. 
and we're not going to promote you either. It's like exactly. you're, you're promoted because of him, because he wanted you on the council. But we want you to spy on him. They're idiots. They're idiots. They deserve to fall. I'm fine with them. Yeah, um, exactly. All right. So, yeah, we all seem to like it. Let's hope the next episode is even better than this one. Let's hope. Yeah, I hope so. As as, as we say numerous times, we want them to put a good show out. We want to see good Star Wars. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're rooting for them. Maybe they're turning the corner with this last episode that it's going to get better. Yeah. We're right, hoping let's just, for it. Let's just answer this listener email that Donald had sent to us. Very thoughtful email. Who would you have the most faith in placing a superhero franchise with? Zack Snyder, James Gunn, or Kevin Feige? And I guess we'll go with Jack first. Um, that's actually a really tough question. Um, it, well, Snyder is out of the running altogether. Agreed. You know. Um. But the question comes down to James Gunn, who does great with characters that he has a free hand with. We've yet to see what he does with iconic character like Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. We haven't seen that from him. Um, because if he started treating Wonder Woman the way he did Gamora, People would be freaking out. They'd be like, that's not Wonder Woman. That's not Diana. Or the same thing with uh, if it turns Batman into a goofball like Star Star Lord. So we have that side of things. On the other side, Feige started out real good. And then he drunk the Awoken Nutty Kool-Aid. And we've seen within a few years uh, with phase four, how bad he took a billion dollar per movie franchise like the MCU into the ground because he insists on following the Wokanutty agenda. So it's it's really kind of a tough it's it's a tough question um, about which is the lesser of evils. Um, it reminds me almost of what happens every presidential election. True. I look at is which which guy do I dislike the least? Um, and I would almost have to. Uh, between the two, if if Feige could just start getting back to entertaining and not stop preaching uh, agenda politics, then I would say Feige. But if the way Feige keeps going, um, I'd almost say James Gunn. I don't know. If that's a, like I said, mm -hmm. that's a question. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say the same thing. Um, 
definitely Snyder is out, and I don't trust Kevin, especially with the last series with Book of Boba. It's just horrid. So I'd rather just take a stab at someone new and, and see what he can come up with, to be honest. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think all of these are arrogant bastards. Every single one of them, you know, they all became corrupt once they got a little power, a little fan base, you know, and a little money. Um, they've all done good things, too, I think. It's. I will agree with Jack. I'll, I'll take Zack Snyder out of the running just because, like, he did do some good things, but... Damn it, dude. I mean, you had Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and you should have made such a much better movie than what we got. You know, all the movies that he did, they, they weren't bad, but you got to hit a home run with those. And I, I, I also can't forgive him for casting Amy Adams and Jesse Eisenberg and, and those movies. They were horrible. Um... What, what bothers me about James Gunn is he's also arrogant. I didn't like recently when they discovered these Facebook posts where he was ragging about Batman, you know, the original Batman and Christopher Nolan's Batman. And I was like, you know, he didn't know he was going to get the job. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll give him a pass for that. But you got to have some kind of respect for the past, you know, the, the original source material. And he couldn't find one good thing to say about Tim Burton's Batman. And I will admit, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it changed a lot of things. It's an important movie in the history of DC, and especially Batman. It wasn't the perfect Batman, but you know what? Michael Keaton still did a pretty good job, and so did Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Uh, you know, you gotta say something good about it, and that's what I would have done. Instead, he deleted all those posts. Yeah, he should have just said, "It's like you know what? I still kind of feel that those movies could have been a lot better than they were, but they did really good Batman. And, you know, Michael Keaton and, and Jack Nicholson. You know, because it's up nice. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but then I'm looking at the the movies that he announced. So the first movie that we're gonna have, it's an animated movie, is is Creature Commandos. See, that's arrogance. It's like, if you're gonna start a DC franchise, you wanna hit it out of the park, and you wanna give us either Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman, you know, something good. And no one's ever heard of the Creature Commandos. And that is just gonna be specifically fan-orientated. And it's gonna be James Gunn fan-orientated, because yeah, I mean, like, Jack, you know DC. Did you ever hear of the Creature Commandos? Do you know, you know, the roster of the Creature Commandos? Um, I don't. But once again, these are very little to almost unknown characters. And that's his thing. That's Gunn's thing. So it doesn't surprise me that much that he's, uh, warming up with these lesser known characters that whether he screws them up or not you know most people aren't even going to realize it and i remember i said this when we were reviewing batman v superman with jesse eisenberg it's like 
And I know Taylor, you know, kept defending the movie. And I said, he was a horrible Lex Luthor. And so Taylor kept saying, he's not really Lex Luthor. He's the son of Lex Luthor. The real Lex Luthor is coming. And I says, you can't be arrogant. You have to realize that, you know, thinking that this movie is going to be so good that you're going to be guaranteed a sequel. Because they weren't. They did not get a sequel. We never got to see a kick-ass Lex Luthor. Put him in the first movie. Put Darkseid in the first Justice League movie instead of Steppenwolf. It's just, again, it's arrogance. And yeah, he did good with Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I wasn't crazy about the third movie. But, you know, it, it, it's possible he's, he's not going to do good with everything. But anyway, he's got... Creature Commandos, then he's got Superman Legacy, then he's got Waller, then he's got Peacemaker Season 2, which I'm sure John Cena kissed this guy's ass, like, don't get rid of me. I need to build a new house in uh, Malibu. Um, he's got a Green Lantern movie, which is okay. Booster Gold, you don't need that. Brave and the Bold, yeah, there's Batman and Damian Wayne. Uh, the Authority, nope, you don't need The Authority. Supergirl. Yeah, the authority is the super violent Justice League. You, you don't need, but I'm just, you know, yeah, my I mean, point why is. Why not do the Justice League? Yeah, and then Swamp Thing. It, it's like, why? You're being arrogant. I, I want to see this guy fail in a way because he's so. He tweets every friggin' day because he thinks he's so damn important. I'm, he's really turning me off. I still don't trust him with that whole pedophilia stuff. Um, I think he's a creep. I hope Superman comes out good, but damn, this guy is arrogant, and sometimes you just want arrogant people to fail. And I, I can't help but wish that, too. Even though I love Superman, I love Batman, hope he fails. And then there's Kevin Feige, and like you said it perfectly, Jack, he bit the the apple, you know, like where he just succumbed to the Wokanutty and... He never learned his lesson. I mean, after the first two movies, he could have hit the brakes. He just said, they'll get better. They'll get better, you know? And and he's still making crap. I think now we're gonna find out that, all right, things are about to change where he might still be in charge, but I think a lot of those movies are gonna be pulled, pulled from phase five, maybe even phase four because they realized that why do we release these movies if they're not going to make us any money, you know? Let's not even make them. Let's make something else that people want to see. Right. And again, it, you know, it's arrogance. It's like, well, now that I, I did three phases of movies and ended it with Endgame, these idiots are going to watch whatever I give them. And I can preach identity politics to them and with a little luck, I'll change them, you know, to, to think the way I do and what the world should think of. And we're like, we don't need politics in movies. It's like, when, again, you know, when somebody is elected president, they need to be not a president of the party that they stand for. They need to be a president for everybody. And that's the same thing that goes with movies. Don't make movies for one specific people. Try and make it for everybody. But also, you know, don't don't make it like Ubrick's, you know, inclusive too. It don't change the characters 
where it's like, well, you know what? If we're going to make it for everybody, that means Spider-Man has got to be pansexual, you know, for, for those group of people. And uh, Wolverine has to be black now, you know, and Thor should be Chinese. And I guess we could make Hawkeye still white, you know? <laughs> That's usually what they do. It's like the they're like, well, you know what? It's not right that, you know, you white guys got to play with the coolest characters. Uh, let's have, you know, your sister come in and be able to fool around with those characters and make her them own, or, you know, her own. I'm thinking about Barbie. Anyway, I, I you know, I it, so my answer, I don't know. That's such a hard a question. Yeah. And you know, you'd think, oh, these these are all superhero directors. This, this might, this shouldn't be that tough. But from what we've seen from them lately, it kind of is. And, and you know, and, and Zack Snyder is manipulating his fan base. He has been for years. Released the Snyder Cut, and he held it back from Warner Brothers so that he can make his own director's cut. And he's even making that new movie that. Is it Red Moon? Is that what it's called? Rebel or Moon or something? Rebel Moon. Yeah, and he's like, after the movie comes out, I already have enough extra footage for a director's cut. It's like, shut up. You know, stop with this crap. Give us the best movie that you can give us. Don't right. hold back stuff. It just annoys the hell out of me. And then, like, again, Kevin Feige, he's just lost his way. And he needs to be replaced. But I don't know if we could replace him. Um, it could be worse. It's like, are you better off with the devil you know or the devil you don't know? You know. Yeah, I, that's a tough one, Don. You stumped us. I guess. I guess I would say James Gunn because he has probably the best track record. Well, I, that's not true. I guess Kevin Feige does, but. Feige but he had, then what happened? But he has, le- the, you know, James Gunn has less flops, we'll say. It, it's like if you look at baseball averages, he's got like about a, um, you know, 75%, I would say. And the other ones have got 50 or less. I don't All right. know. All right, let's wrap this one up. So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And Fedra Eckers. You can find me on Instagram or be my friend on Facebook. Or you can email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a firm request on Facebook. I'm also on the podcast for us to junk, the 80s movies podcast. And this week we're doing Popeye with Robin Williams. The Revenge of Joe. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't finished that movie. Woo, that's a rough movie. <laughs> you got to push through. Did you ever see it, Frederick? I have not. Don't worry about it. Just know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it exists. Yeah, I'm not inclined to go see it. Not anytime soon, anyway. 
because Charlie, like, he loves Howard the Duck, that movie. Uh-huh. And I was like, I hate to say it, but Howard the Duck might be better than Popeye. I haven't seen Howard the Duck either. It's a weird movie. You know, like... Don't don't waste your time trying to track it down either. <laughs> the girl from Back to the Future is in it. And... Uh, okay. And she falls in love with this duck from outer space. And I think they even have sex in the movie. Okay. It's more than that, but it's just such a weird movie. And I, I never liked Howard the Duck as a comic book character. Is it more adult then, or is it still oh, yeah. PG-13? Well, it's still it's PG. You, you, like, you it's see, PG because like, they didn't have PG-13 yet. But, like, you see, like, a, you know, a female duck's boobs, you know, because in the duck <laughs> world, it, he lives in, like, you know, they wear clothes and they have jobs and... Yeah. You know, the ducks look a little bit more feminine. And it's the duck looks creepy as hell, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of those movies. That, and I think this would help, too. Like, if you see Howard the Duck and you see Popeye, it might help if you're drunk, you know. You might enjoy it a little better. Or, you know, even if you don't, you might fall asleep, you know. All right, so also check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and would like to become a patron supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 34. So until next time, see y'all. Good night, all, and be good to each other. Good night, everybody.